You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on thepresszone.fm. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of the Press Zone podcast, episode 316, if you can believe it, uh, right here on Rocket Sports Radio. We're, of course, a podcast produced by Rocket Sports Media and also a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, I'm just so glad that you're here with us today. You'll find us appearing, of course, on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, and uh, you may have also found this podcast via a link on the Hockey News Montreal's website, uh, where we do promote this podcast there as well. Uh, seeing as our Rocket Sports Media team uh, are the contributors for the Hockey News's Montreal team site. Welcome to the show. If this is your first time here, welcome aboard. If you're a longtime listener, glad to have you back. My name is Amy Johnson. I am your host of the show, uh, sometimes also joined by our president and founder and editor-in-chief uh, here at Rocket Sports Media. His name is Rick Stevens. He's also the site editor for the Hockey News Montreal team site. Um, and you can find us on Twitter, by the way, uh, over at Rocket Sports. That's at Rocket Sports. Um, I am, as I said, your host of the show. I am the lead Laval Rocket correspondent for Rocket Sports Media, as well as the host and producer of not only this show, but the Habs Hockey Report show, which airs every Thursday on our YouTube channel. Uh, and you can find that over at youtube.com slash allhabs. If you haven't done so already, I highly recommend you head on over there Check that out and tap the subscribe button. While you're at it, tap the subscribe button for this podcast if you haven't done so already. Uh, We have a great show for you today. Uh, I should mention that Patrick Williams will be back with us this week. Uh, He he will be here in the second segment for the AHL Hot Stove segment. Uh, But first, in this opening segment, we're just going to get you a little bit of uh, caught up on some summertime news. We are definitely getting into the slower part of the off-season uh, everyone's off to the cottage, it seems, and and movement around the league has certain, certainly slowed down, but that doesn't mean uh, that we don't have uh, some news to bring you. Um, the one thing I do want to mention before we get started um, is a little bit of cross-promotion. Uh, you're listening to the Press Zone podcast. Of course, you can find us and our complete archive at thepresszone.fm. 
but our sister podcast, which is our flagship podcast for Rocket Sports Media and Rocket Sports Radio, is the Canadians Connection podcast that is hosted by Rick Stevens along with Michael Spinella that comes out every Saturday. Uh, and you can find that at CanadiansConnection.fm. Uh, and if you happen to miss this past weekend's episode of Canadians Connection, I'm going to suggest that maybe you just head over there and listen to it. Uh, The second segment, I was happy to join the show uh, in the second segment, their big topic segment, uh, because Rick and I sat down for an exclusive interview with none other than former NHL goaltender Marty Biron, and he gave us a fabulous conversation for uh, the better part of half an hour. Um, Talking, we went really in depth on all things goaltending. Uh, Today's NHL goaltenders, what goaltending is like in the NHL today, uh, the the up-and-coming advent of goaltending departments and how they impact uh, NHL franchises. And then we get into the good stuff, the Habs goaltending depth chart and analyzing uh, the Habs goaltenders, particularly Marty Buran, speaks uh, in particular about Jake Allen, Sam Montembeau, and Caden Primo. It was a fascinating conversation. It was a really, really dynamic and interesting interview. And if you're a Habs fan, uh, Marty had a lot of really great things to talk about and to say about goaltending in general in today's NHL, but really getting into the analysis of what's going on in the crease for the Montreal Canadiens now and in the immediate future. So check that out at CanadiansConnection.fm. You can also find that uh, the video version of that podcast over on the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash allhabs. You can find that podcast there as well. Uh, so I highly recommend that you check that out. And a tip of the hat and a thank you once again to Marty Biron for joining us on the show last week. All right, down to business. Uh, there was some news that came out uh, last week regarding Canadians' prospects, uh, and that was the news that Rookie Camp will kick off on September 13th. Uh, that's a Wednesday in the fall. Um, players will will arrive on the 13th to do their medicals and their physical testing. Um, and then, just like they did last year, they will immediately then speed off to Buffalo, New York uh, to take place in the Buffalo Sabres Prospects Challenge. Uh, this is, you know, an annual round-robin tournament where NHL rookies get together and play kind of a mini-tournament uh, over the course of a few days, um, mainly for them to get a little game action in, but it's a great evaluation tool for, for managers, GMs, coaches to kind of start to see what they've got to work with right to kick off rookie camp. Um, now, of course, the Canadians uh, rookies have been involved in tournaments like this over the past number of years. They've taken place in places like uh, London. They've taken place in Belleville. Uh, but last year, the Buffalo Sabres invited them. Uh, they've The Sabres have been hosting a prospects challenge at Harbor Center, uh, which is the practice facility that's right next to KeyBank uh, Arena in, in Buffalo. They've been doing a, a prospects tournament for about eight years now, but just recently, two years ago, they expanded it to to incorporate six teams, not just three. So now it's a little mini tournament between the Buffalo Sabres, the Boston Bruins, the New Jersey Devils, the Montreal Canadiens, the Ottawa Senators, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. And so each of those teams come 
And they uh, this year's tournament will be from September 15th through the 18th. Each team plays three games with a different opponent each time. On Friday the 15th, Buffalo will play Montreal at 7 o'clock that night. Saturday the 16th, it'll be Montreal versus Boston at 3.30 in the afternoon. And then on Monday the 18th, it'll be Montreal versus Ottawa at 1.30 in the afternoon. Uh, and then after that, the rookies, of course, will will head back to, to Montreal to take part in the rest of Canadians' rookie camp uh, proper uh, before training camp begins. Um so we will keep you posted on additional details. I know um, broadcasting and streaming information will be out probably later this month for that tournament. Uh, if you're in the Buffalo area, keep an eye out for when ticket sales uh, open because tickets are supposed to be available for about $10 a person, which is an absolute steal uh, to see some uh, early, early September hockey with some of the league's top prospects uh, for these six teams playing against one another. So Keep an eye out for that as well, but we will continue to um, bring you more and more information. And of course, we'll have coverage of that tournament for you uh, once that comes around in September. Um, Speaking of September and October, uh, that's when, of course, uh, things will start to heat up for the season. And the AHL just released their full schedule uh, in in recent days. And as far as the Rocket are concerned, I just wanted to kind of give you an update there. There are two preseason games for the Lavelle Rocket. They will play the Toronto Marlies on Thursday, October 5th, and they will play the Belleville Senators on Sunday, October 8th. That is before the Laval Rocket open their 2023-24 season on home ice on Friday, October 13th, and they'll be hosting the Abbotsford Canucks. Um... They will close the season out at home as well uh, on Saturday, April 20th versus the Belleville Senators. So uh, be sure that you bookmark THN.com slash Montreal. That's the hockeynews.com slash Montreal, uh, where our Rocket Sports Media team will have full coverage once again of the Laval Rocket and Habs prospects throughout uh, the season. And uh, with the schedule coming out, it's going to be here before you know it. Um, The Board of Governors meeting happened uh, last week down in Hilton Head, um, and that's something we're going to talk a bit more with Patrick Williams about when he joins us in the next segment. But uh, one of the things that did take place was some of the uh, AHL's um, business awards that were that were handed out during the Board of Governors meeting. And I just am wanting to make one mention of an award uh, during this segment because it has to do with uh, last year's uh, director of marketing events for the Laval Rockets, Sebastian Veyant. Uh He was honored with the league's Ken McKenzie Award this year. This honor is, of course, uh, bestowed upon an AHL team executive who accomplished the most during the season in promoting his or her AHL team, according to the official uh, official release. Um, now, Veyant has been part of the Laval marketing team ever since the franchise ever since their inaugural year. He's been with them since 2017, worked his way up. He started as a marketing and events manager, uh, went through a couple of promotions. And last season, he was the Rockets director of marketing and events. 
Um, he's held that position for the last three years. But concurrently, at the same time last season, while he was doing that for Laval, he was also holding basically that same position for the Montreal Canadiens as well. Uh, and so the league recognized his efforts, particularly in a year where the AHL All-Star Game took place in Laval. Uh, he was the main point person for Laval for for that and and the, the execution and planning of that entire event, which is an, an enormous undertaking. Uh, so he was bestowed with the Ken McKenzie Award. Uh, so congratulations to him. Uh, he now moves full-time to the Montreal Canadiens in that role. Uh, he will not be serving in that role for the Laval Rocket uh, this, this season. But congratulations to him. Always nice to see uh, someone from the Montreal Canadiens organization getting some recognition. All right, we are going to take a quick break. And on the other side of this message from our sponsors over at DraftKings, I said it before and I'll say it again. Patrick Williams will be joining me here in the studio for this week's AHL Hot Stove. And we're going to talk a bit more about the Board of Governor meetings, um, as well as a new look for one of the AHL's franchises uh, this coming year. You don't want to miss any of that. So stay with us. You are listening to the Press Home Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. New customers download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE NY 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casinos at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus leg requisite for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Welcome back to the Press Zone Podcast, right here on Rocket Sports Radio, produced by Rocket Sports Media and a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, glad to have you here today once again. I'm your host of the show. My name is Amy Johnson. And hey, you can follow me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. Um, and yes, even if Twitter gets rebranded, I'm still going to call it Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Flyers Rule. You can find us also at The Press Zone on Twitter. And uh, most importantly, at Rocket Sports. 
um, is is a place that you can find us as well for all of our coverage. Um, if you haven't done so already, I do invite you please to subscribe to this podcast. Just tap subscribe on whatever podcast player you are listening to the to the podcast on. Uh, also share this episode on your favorite social media platform. Uh, always happy to welcome new listeners to the show. As I promised in the first segment, it is time for the AHL Hot Stove, and you know what that means. That means Patrick Williams is back with us this week. Yes, I know. Everyone missed him last week, but he is back again this week, and uh, we're very excited to have him here uh, in the studio. Patrick, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Good to be back. Um, So last week was the Board of Governor meetings uh, for the AHL down in Hilton Head. Now, you didn't get to did you get to indulge in like beachside Hilton Head kind of luxury or did you just get to check in? I was just checking. <laughs> I was not, uh, I was not present in, in the very beautiful um, city or area of Hilton Head. Hilt, I know. We should, we should make it mandatory that all of us just travel down there to cover the Board of Governors meetings because. I mean, that's what they do in the NHL, right? I, I know. Exactly. I mean, no. why not? Um, but, um, from, than Hilton Head, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, let's put that on the calendar. That's fine. Um, this year's board of governor meetings for all intents and purposes, from what I've seen, ha- was pretty quiet. Um, not, no big bombshells, no big major things coming out of it. Um, one thing though, in terms of the schedule, there is the much... <laughs> We know for the last couple of seasons that it's been a a very big talking point on one side of the line or the other about the new playoff format with the best in three play in round to kick off the postseason. So who's who's winning that debate uh, this year? Is it the it's got to go or it's the it's got to stay tangent? Yeah, it's the got to stay group, right? Uh, Really? That's well, they call the shots. So, <laughs> um, when you when you call the shots, you get to do it your way, and uh, that's um, that's the direction it's going, or I should say, it's staying rather. Um, it's going to be the same format it's been the past two years. Okay. Uh, so you get the five rounds, you get the uh, twenty-three team field, you get that best of three. Um, I've heard different names of. Some people call it the first round. Some people call it the play-in rounds. Some people call it just whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Then other teams uh, that that, that did the buy, that's their first round. So, um, yeah. um, So, yeah, you you have the best of three play-in round, let's say. Then you have two best of five rounds that fall. Then you get to the conference final, which that's when it turns to a best of seven. Then the cup final, which is best of seven. So, like, for example, you had a team this year in Coachella Valley that uh, they actually ran that whole table. Um, yeah. Because in the Pacific Division, everyone other than the first place team has to play in that playing around, which is different from the other divisions. Right. Um, so that's... Which is goofy, but okay. That's a conversation for a different day. So despite the fact that they were second overall in the league, they had to play the playing rounds. Um, whereas like a team like, uh, you know, Syracuse, for example, did not, even though they were significantly further down in this overall league standing. So, um, in that case, 
and that's where like Coachella got real, real hot water early on. Like they were in that playing round against Tucson, which had gotten a bunch of players back from, from Arizona at the end of the NHL season. They ended up in the elimination game, you know, like in that best of three, because you lose one game and that's, you know, all of a sudden you're, <clears throat> that's where you're at. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a little dicey that way, right? Like, you know, so had that game against Tucson gone differently, that whole Coachella run to the final would not have happened. So, but uh, they're keeping it. Uh, so five rounds it will be. Um, uh, every, you know, in terms of different qualification rules for each division, mm-hmm. that's apparently staying as well. So, uh, 23 teams out of 32 will make it. That comes around to around 74% um, of the playoff field. Um, and, uh, yeah, it looks like uh, status quo uh, going forward. So that, of course, means that the length of time that the playoffs take uh, won't change since since that format is staying the same. What I find interesting and was kind of the first thing that I reacted to when the AHL put their schedule out is that, um, you know, it was it was a bit of a tight turnaround this year in terms of the Calder Cup being awarded and then the draft and then, you know, the NHL's draft and free agency schedule was really compacted this year. Um, and so the AHL's regular season schedule is actually, if I'm not mistaken, extended by a week in this coming season i know laval doesn't as i mentioned in the first segment laval has their season regular season closer at home against belleville on saturday april 20th so Mm. wow we're talking about some real summer hockey (laughs) yeah so this year the playoffs started april 18th um it was a tuesday right so the season ended and it went right to the playoffs it ended on june 21st or june 22nd depending if you were in the East Coast, uh, because the game was out in Coachella and that went to overtime. So mm-hmm. that's <laughs> right. The early morning hours of June twenty second. Um, so that comes out to a total of sixty five days, uh, two months, four days, depending on how you want to define it. So that's sort of uh, you know the amount of time you're working with if it goes to a, a full game seven final, which right. is certainly always something you have to plan for so well, yeah um so yeah if you do the math and you know you go from um let's say um it saves a similar 65 day um span uh, playoff yeah uh, that's gonna take you roughly out to let's say around like June 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th. Wow. Um, I've heard different numbers tossed around in terms of what the actual official end date would be. But yeah, so um, you have J- July 1st is your free agency um, cutoff date. So that's sort of the absolute drop dead date. Um, <laughs> well, yes. It has to be done by <laughs> that then. Will always, I guess, sort of be the line that keeps it from going any longer. Um, but in there you have the NHL draft, which is always, well, not always, but recently has been that final week of June. Uh, this week it was, or this year it was, it was what, a Wednesday, Thursday, I believe, right? Um, mm-hmm. set up in the final week of June. And then like, there was like two days before you went right into the, uh, 
free agency period. So um, let's say if it went to June 26th next year, that would be a Wednesday. July 1, the, you know, for free agency would be the following Monday. So, I mean, you would have guys playing a game seven potentially who then, you know, five days later potentially could be, you know, free agents and signing somewhere else. Yeah. Um, that's also to say nothing of like the guys that go over and sign in Europe. Right. Um, where everything starts a lot earlier. I mean, like, you know, European teams have training camps that start in July and, um, you know, by early to mid August, they're playing preseason games and they have tournaments over there and then they have the champions lead over there. So like, you know, the same thing with the KHL, like you're getting over there, you know, like you might be playing at the, till the end of June. And then like, maybe you get a few weeks before you're, you're heading over to Europe. My goodness. So it's, uh, it's a quick turnaround. It is. Um, (laughs) you know, so like, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like, you know, like in this year, for example, like Shane Wright played uh, up until, you know, game seven of the final. And then, you know, about a week, 10 days later, he was in, in development camp with Seattle. Uh, I, everything, as I understand it, he volunteered. Like, he didn't have to go, but. But still. You know, like, you also don't want to be the guy that blows off um, development camp either, right? Yeah. Because like, they say you don't have to be there, right? You know, it's. It's still one of those things you you probably know you should be there, right? So, you should, right. Um, well, if I'm not mistaken, I think Cutter Gautier didn't go to Flyers development camp. Um, yeah, because, because he needed to rest, and so yeah, you're putting you're putting prospects in that precarious position of having to choose. Yeah, you know, it's it's one thing if you're a fourth overall pick, uh, like right or like Gautier, you know, another first rounder, like a big part. But like, let's say you're maybe a fourth or fifth round pick. Yeah, you're, you're, you're going. going. <laughs> you're not going to be like, yeah, I don't think I'll be there. Uh, sorry, boss. Like, yeah, exactly. Well, so, we'll you know, it's one thing when you're young and, you know, 19, 20, 21 years old, maybe, but, you know, it does. It's a lot of hockey, you know, and, um, you know, especially for a guy like Jane Wright that had such a weird season where, you know, like, you know, started in Seattle, went to Coachella, then went to World Junior, then went to the OHL. Then came back to the AHL uh, and then had a two-month playoff run, you know, and it's, it's just a lot of hockey, right? Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, – I I was a little surprised, but uh, on the other – We'll see how it works out. We'll see how it works. <laughs> Uh, one of the other things, uh, other points of business at the Board of Governors meeting last week was handing out some of the uh, leagues. It was kind of the, the last part of, of last season um, was naming some of the awards for excellence and service. Um, and the president's awards uh, were handed out last week for the team of the year and the player of ex- uh, player excellence um, winner of the year. And I just wanted to to take a moment just to acknowledge that the Coachella Valley Firebirds were, were named the team of the year uh, in their inaugural season under, under the, the guidance of Dan, of Dan Bilesma behind the bench. And I'm not sure that anyone would be terribly surprised to find that uh, Dustin Wolf, the goaltender for the Calgary Wranglers uh, was, was um, acknowledged for winning for player excellence. Um, just your quick thoughts on, on both of them receiving those president's awards. Yeah, well, you know, uh, with 
with Coachella Valley, I mean, success start to finish, uh, one of the strangest years, really, like, seasons ever for any team in AHL history in the sense that they had that two-month road trip um, while they waited for their arena to be finished. Um, so that was sort of unprecedented. Mm-hmm. In this and then a team that finished second overall in the, in the regular season. Um, I think they faced elimination five times in the playoffs. They came through all but uh, the final time, obviously, in Game 7 against Hershey. Um, build a fan base, really, from scratch. That was a city with, with minimal pro sports history other than tennis. Um, certainly, you know, in terms of, uh, like, a, you know, local team, they didn't have that. Uh, no hockey presence to speak of um, up until this, this season. I mean, uh, you know, I was talking to somebody when I was out in Coachella, um, and – you know, for the longest time, there was only one rink in the entire, you know, Palm Springs region, which is essentially Coachella Valley. And it was just this little tiny rink. Um, you know, so yeah. the way that they built that fan base up from scratch, you know, to the point where you were filling the building every night in the playoffs, you know, even a lot of times during the regular season, uh, just the success uh, really start to finish. So I wasn't surprised to see that. And you know, as far as Dustin Wolf, one more award for the uh, for the trophy case. Um, the thing that's interesting for me is that um, you know I thought there was a chance that Calgary might make a move mm. um, to make room for him on the NHL roster, um, but uh, they still have Jacob Markstrom. They still have uh, Daniel Vladar um, on the Flames roster. So unless you're going to go with a three goalie system, does that mean Dustin Wolf is coming back to the NHL again? Ooh. <laughs> because I mean, I'm not really sure there's anything left for that. Well, I, I know there's nothing left for that. Left for him to learn, but, no. But you know, I mean, that you know is, you know, he did everything he could, you know, as far as you know, holding up his end of the bargain. You know, Calgary just ran into Coachella. That was you know really kind of a coin flip, um, you know, playoff series. Like either team could have could have done it, and as it as it turned out, like it did matter. Well, it did matter, but Hershey won it anyway. So yeah. Um, because those two teams just beat the heck out of each other uh, in the playoffs. So, um, you know, and then they ran into, like, obviously a phenomenal Hershey team. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, is he going to come back for a third year? Or what, are we going to try to get the uh, goals against down to, like, below one? you going to try to get the save percentage up to, like, I don't know, 950? I mean, so that, to me, is interesting, right? Like, He's actually back in the AHL again. I don't know how that's benefiting him at this point. I also don't know how it works if you have him up in the NHL and you're running a three goalie system, as we've seen right. other teams. That's that's clunky at best. I think it's probably a fair way. To yeah, put absolutely, it. absolutely, and potentially could be really bad. You know, um, and so yeah, I'm a little a little surprised how that has played out. I'm, I'm still thinking maybe at some point Calgary makes a move, but so far they haven't. And obviously now with the, uh, the shakeup in the front office, uh, with the coaching staff, you know, kind of, it's a real time of transition for the flames anyway. And, uh, now you have young goalie like Dustin Wolf kind of just caught in the middle of all that and mm-hmm. to see where this thing goes, you know, both here in the summer and into training camp slash early part of the regular season. Definitely. 
Uh, one last thing on the agenda for us today is there is going to be a new look on the ice for one of Laval's division rivals. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cleveland Monsters recently announcing a whole rebranding and new logo and color scheme uh, coming out with uh, it's it took me by surprise when I saw that the their iconic monster which is staying we should we should say and and the the monster that you're normally used to seeing on on the front of the sweater is still going to be one of the 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 jerseys that they wear Uh, but they have rebranded and and come up with a new logo and color scheme where the monster is facing you head on Um, this is um it's not something we see happen too often in the ahl where we have a complete kind of rebranding of a team's look um how how special was this for for Cleveland uh, to go through this? Yeah, you're right. Like usually, the only time you see a rebrand is if um, you know either the NHL parent team rebrands their own look and then the AHL team follows, or if you see an affiliation change, mm-hmm. right? You know, so um, but typically, typically, it, you know, it's pretty pretty straightforward. And you know, obviously, there's only a handful of teams that have their own look anyway separate from the NHL team, like Rochester. I mean, they've had those, that look for, you know, 40 plus years at this point. Hershey's always been the, the, the brown and well, now it's like the cream color, Um, you know, and then, you know, there's Colorado, which sort of has a hybrid look with the parent team a little bit, you know, depending on, you know, different looks that they've used, but uh, Cleveland's kind of always done their own thing. Um, they had the, the black, uh, burgundy and gold, uh, which matched the, the NBA team there. Right. Um, but they, they kind of want to go for their own look. Uh, they wanted, you know, they, you know, speaking with them, they had, a, you know, like had a lot of different color schemes, different looks, and they kind of wanted to simplify everything and unify and give it one identifiable, you know, um, color palette, you know, both, I think for, for marketing and promotional purposes, also just for logistical purposes, I think, you know, the more stuff you have, you know, more color schemes you have, the more this and more that, uh, you know, it's just more work. And so they went with a black, blue and, uh, gold, uh, color scheme, which is, uh, pretty different from what they had, you know, in the past. Uh, so they're, I know speaking with them, they're super excited about it. It was a long, long, um, development um period i think it was went well over like uh, it was pushing two years from what i understand wow one of the things that like you know was even you know at least in talks even beyond that so um yeah uh you know it's it interesting to sort of like really get drilled down into like the the real like you know x's and o's and the mechanics of like launching a logo all the way down to like you know Everywhere you had like the old logo in the, inside the arena, like you know whether it's like on a wall, you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> in a hallway somewhere, like you had to you know account for that and you know replace it with the new logo, <laughs> and like, you know, the equipment bags, and you know like um, all the like the team letterhead, the, the website. I mean, uh, you name it, right? Like there was a lot to do. All the places where you know you're using that branding. So like it was a you know lengthy, lengthy. Uh, um, Ordeal's not the right word, but like, yeah, just like, uh, just long, long process, long, yeah, and uh, uh, to make that, you know, actually come to fruition. So they're 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 pretty pumped about it. Um, you know, Columbus is on board with it. Columbus liked the look. Uh, they, you know, kept Columbus in the loop. Uh, they're apparently still going to keep 
the theme nights um, for you know where they wear the blue jackets uh, themed look. So good. Uh, so that's good too. So that's a different uh, little variation. So um, yeah, they do a great job out in Cleveland. Like Cleveland, you know, like when they were the Barons in the early 2000s, that was a, a real trouble spot, you know, in terms of attendance and fan support. And, mm-hmm. you know, since this new group came in in 07 with the Monsters, um, it's been a real success. Like, you know, even, you know, the team's had its ups and downs as far as winning and losing, but they've they've always done well with fan support, uh, um, always ranked, you know, at or very close to the top of the league in attendance. So, uh, you know, excellent marketing uh they've really found their their niche you know in a big market where there's you know there's an nfl team at nba and their major league baseball team to compete against right and they've they've made their their own little um part of their own space for themselves uh where they're able to even if they're not winning uh they're able to still have excellent fan support and um you know really become like one of the the real bright spots of the american hockey league you know 32 team base. Absolutely. Well, I know I'm certainly looking forward to seeing uh, their new threads on the ice when they first take on uh, the Laval Rocket uh, later this season. Um, I know they don't see them in October. I actually think it takes a little while before um, they see them. It does. We're actually not going to. Laval fans, you are not. I'm looking at their schedule. Laval fans aren't going to get to see this matchup until March. Which is a little, wow. which that's the first um, meeting, right? It is. Wow. I'm. I am looking at their the printout of their schedule right now, and the first time I see a monsters logo on this schedule does not come until March eighth. Wow. So, I, I I believe they're not playing as much this year, right? They're not. They're only playing four times. So two okay. at home and two. So two at home in March, and then two in Cleveland in April. So Laval fans are gonna have to wait a little while, but I'm sure we'll get to see some great shots <laughs> of how these uh how these new uniforms wow. look on the ice um yeah gonna have to not play a divisional rival until almost the end of the season is i don't um, think i recall that in the that, NHL, that's a know, little that's a little crazy division yeah you know, have such a long period before they even play i know that's, that's uh, we learned something new on the show today look at that yes we do <laughs> well patrick thank you very much for joining us again um you uh, will be back with us uh, very soon as, you know, it's, yes, it's summertime, but there is still uh, news that trickles in around the AHL, and we want to be sure that everybody is caught up and up to date on all of their American Hockey League news before preseason starts uh, later on in September, before prospects start returning, uh, reporting to NHL rookie camps and and so on and so forth. So thank you for being here with us, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you again soon. Thank you. A big thank you once again to Patrick Williams for joining us here on the show. He'll be back with us in a couple of weeks uh, with the league, as we said at the top of the show, with with this kind of the next few weeks are are the slowest part of the offseason. And so we'll have Patrick check in in two weeks uh, to see what else has been going on with the AHL. But we're always happy to have him here imparting all of his knowledge and insight about the American Hockey League. Uh, He's a great perspective and a great resource uh, that we are grateful to have as a contributor here at Rocket Sports Media. That is going to do it for this week's episode of the Press Home Podcast. Don't forget to come back again next Tuesday for another episode where, oh my goodness, it's going to be August, people. 
August 1st is our next episode of The Press Zone. Who knows what we'll come up with, but we know it's going to be good. I'm sure there's going to be some more news for us to talk about. You don't want to miss a minute of it. Thank you so much for your loyal listenership. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. And don't forget to come back again next Tuesday for another exciting episode of the Press Home Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of the Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rocket Sports.